I'm Dr. Mila Brujic, and today I'm joined with Dr. Nate Lighthizer, where we're going to be talking about DVS for the diabetic patient here on the Optometric Insights Show. Nate, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, Share with us a little bit about your background, where you practice, and really what you do. Yeah. Uh, Nate Lighthizer, I'm a faculty member optometrist at the NSU Oklahoma College of Optometry uh, here in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. I've been here for hard to believe 14 years now. Uh, I did my residency here uh, back in 2009, 2010, uh, and then I joined the faculty in a variety of roles. I joined the faculty as the chief of our specialty care clinic where we do our laser procedures, our injections, you know, minor surgical procedures but also joined the faculty as the chief of electrodiagnostics clinic where we do ERGs, VEPs, among other testing there. So uh, I've been very fortunate to be a faculty member here in Oklahoma uh, for about 13 years now. You are uh, currently leading the country in terms of scope and everything lasers. And if anybody's been trained on lasers, they've probably been trained by you, Nate. So that's a kudos, kudos to you in terms of taking what you're doing on a daily basis and giving it back to the profession. But Nate, I want to talk to you about um, really some really interesting research that you're looking at right now and nutrition's impact on the diabetic patient, specifically with retinal functionality. And if you could share with us a little bit of that research and what you're currently looking at, that'd be awesome. Yeah, we have an ongoing study that's nearly complete right now. All of the patients are enrolled. We have one more that's going through the longitudinal arm, but basically building on the DivFUS study, which was done by Paul Chaus, Jeff Gerson, uh, the late Stu Richer. And it was really a phenomenal study. And it helped to lead the way in, you know, should we be looking more at nutritional supplementation in our patients with diabetes and diabetic retinopathy? You know, we've all been well-versed on nutritional supplementation in retinal conditions, AMD, AREDS, AREDS2. We're all well-versed on that. Should we be utilizing nutritional supplementation more in our diabetic patients and diabetic retinopathy? The DVS study really helped to point us in the direction that we probably should. It looked at a lot of different things. It looked at macular pigment scores, something called MPOD, looked at contrast sensitivity, looked at color vision, looked at systemic markers. And it found that patients that took six months of DVS were better than placebo. And that was actually a placebo controlled trial. And after six months of diabetic supplementation, they had better visual field scores, better contrast, et cetera, et cetera. So we took that and said, you know what, let's add ERG to the mix. Let's add this objective functional test. Uh, ERGs are objective. They don't rely on the patient and they look at retinal function. And let's see if six months of this supplementation can improve some abnormal ERG. So we've screened a bunch of diabetic patients. Well, Nate, let's take a step back here just for a few moments. Yeah. Um, help us understand ERG just a little bit, um, exactly what you're looking at, what you're measuring with ERG, because although it is available to optometry, not a lot of practices have it. So help decode what that actually is, what we're measuring with ERG. Yeah. ERG is an electroretinogram um, and it's measuring the functionality of the retina. You know, we do structure and function so well in things like glaucoma, where you're doing visual field OCT. In diabetes, we've done a lot of structural tests, fundus photos, OCT, and a DFE. That's all looking at structure. 
ERG is looking at function. And it depends on which type of ERG you use, whether it's a flash ERG or a pattern ERG, whether it's measuring central function or just overall retinal function. The flash ERGs that we are doing are measuring overall global retinal function. How's the retina functioning from central to peripheral, top, bottom, left, right? How is the retina overall functioning? And we're pairing that with structural tests. So ERGs are great for looking at retinal function. I explain it to patients of, you know what an EKG is? And it's it's amazing. Everybody knows what an EKG is. That's telling you about your cardiac function. ERG is doing that at the level of the retina. So Nate, how did you recruit patients for the study that you're currently doing, um, looking at nutrition and diabetes? And and how did you decide, yep, you get to make it in the study versus no, you don't qualify in the study? Yep. Yeah. So we have 11 locations at our College of Optometry and just part of our general exams, our diabetic exams, if they had no retinopathy, mild non-proliferative or moderate non-proliferative retinopathy, we were screening them and said, okay, we're going to evaluate you and we're going to measure a bunch of different things. We're going to measure macular pigment optical density, your MPOD scores. We're going to measure color vision via the Rabin cone contrast test. We're going to do OCT, OCT angiography, fundus photos, a DFE, but most importantly, we're going to do a bunch of different ERGs. If you have normal ERGs, what I've told the subjects is good news for you, bad news for me. The good news for you is you got a normal ERG. Awesome. Your retina is functioning. Bad news for me is you don't qualify for the study. Okay. If they had abnormal ERGs, we enrolled them in the longitudinal arm of the study, basically six months of taking DVS and seeing them at one month, three months, and six months and repeating all of those measurements and seeing did six months of DVS therapy, the I promise DVS, did it improve an abnormal ERG? That was the main outcome measure that's being measured in this study. And Nate, you you don't have all the data yet. So you definitely are not kind of doing the final analysis, but what are you seeing so far in the clinical trial with these patients with respect to MPOD, with respect to color vision, with respect to things like ERG? Yeah, it's been it's been fun to watch. Uh, most importantly, because why do we treat patients to make them feel better, to make them see better, to make their eyes look better? We've had a number of subjects that have commented. You know, I think I'm I'm seeing a little bit better um, with this. We've also seen MPOD improve in subjects. We've seen color vision improve, and we've seen the ERG improve. Again, not in all of them. I'm not doing full statistical analysis yet because the study's not complete. But I have a number of subjects where I've looked at the ERG and went, okay, here was the baseline measurement. Here was the measurement at the final visit six months later. I had one patient where we were looking at the ERG. And in this one particular ERG, you look at the magnitude, the strength of the retina response. How well is the retina responding to that flash of light? And the normal range is between 8 and 22. I want to see somewhere in that range. And I had one patient that was in the six and a half range before in both eyes. And at the end of six months was over 13. So it had had nearly had doubled uh, the ERG magnitude. And the only thing that had changed uh, was the supplement. So that patient was obviously very thrilled when we let her know her initial results. Nate, do you see just in general overall with ERGs, do you see any type of generalized relationship between level of visible diabetic retinopathy and the ERG? Is there any type of correlation that exists there? There, there is a general correlation. Certainly there's exceptions uh, to that, 
But generally speaking, a diabetic with no retinopathy is going to have a better and more normal, more the, the magnitude is better for those patients versus when they progress through mild, moderate, severe, non-proliferative and into, into proliferative retinopathy. So yes, there is a general correlation between level of disease and what the ERG results are showing. And then Nate, out of curiosity, um, and I know this is still, you're kind of giving us this, this information in real time, um, but have you seen any changes structurally, anything with anti or uh, uh, angio CT and or the fundus photos that you're that you're taking on these individuals. Uh, we are taking fundus photos and doing OCT angiography. I haven't seen yet any major changes on the OCT angiography at this point, but we haven't done full analysis of looking at quadrant by quadrant and measuring those capillary densities. That will that will have to wait until we do the the analysis. Um, the ERG is just much easier to see that, oh, there's what the value was before there, what it is now. Um, I have seen a mild improvement in a handful of subjects on the fundus photos, less dot and blot hemes, uh, a more milder version of NPDR. So that will be exciting to see as well. And Nate, are you tracking glucose levels as well too, as these individuals are going through the study, um, just to see if there's anything that's that's happening with that? Meaning, um, certainly, you would assume that the only thing that's changing is the nutrition, but is our glucose levels changing at all? And, and if so, could that be influencing some of the data as well too? Yeah, we are measuring, we're taking A1C measurements at baseline and at three months and at six months. We're not doing it on the one month visit because not much is going to change there, but baseline three months and six months, I have not seen any change uh, in A1C in these subjects at this point. No, no, no clinical relevant change that I saw, which is consistent with the prior DIVFUS study by Paul Chaus, where they showed no um, hemoglobin A1C change after six months in their study, which I think that's actually maybe a good thing of, you know, should we be titrating A1C based on supplements that we're using? Probably not. Our PCPs probably don't want us diving into that realm. So I haven't seen any changes on that. Well, I agree with you, Nate, too. I think that even as eye care, we really want to influence what we can with the eye. If there are other health benefits, great, but we're really interested in, in what's happening with the eye and protecting protecting that organ in and of itself. Um, this is this is absolutely phenomenal stuff. And the Divis trial, oftentimes referred to as the Chouse trial, because of, I mean, it was a paradigm-shifting publication, and it's kind of led to this work that you're doing here, Nate. I, I just think this is really, really neat. Um, as kind of a... Is there one thing that you'd want to share with colleagues about the data that you're collecting right now and how we should be thinking about caring for our diabetic patients? Yeah, I think kind of the take-home message is, you know, is there more that we can do than just watch and wait? You know, when I lecture on this, I always say, you know, I've been guilty in the past. And you say, what are you guilty of? I'm guilty of just watching and waiting. Don't we do that a lot in our diabetic patients? We watch we watch, we dilate, and we wait for structural changes. We wait for hemorrhages. We wait for them to bleed in the back of the eye or develop macular edema. Is there more than we can do than just watch and wait? I'll see you in a year. I'll dilate you again. And we put it on autopilot, our patient education, control your blood pressure, control your blood sugar. Can we take a more proactive approach 
and see them more often, do some functional testing like the ERGs, like Rabin cone contrast, and consider nutritional supplementation. Clinically now in 2023, based on the DivFus data and other studies, if my patient has any degree of diabetic retinopathy, I'm recommending supplementation. If they've got abnormal sugars, I'm now making a recommendation. And if functionally, if their vision is down subjectively or objectively, I'm making a recommendation. So just being more proactive, I think would be the take-home message uh, from this study going, man, if we jump on this sooner, we can actually get function to come back based on these ERG results. That's great. Nay, listen, you're always a wealth of knowledge in this area and this topic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on this episode with us. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for joining us on this episode of the Optometric Insights Show. 